there, mother lovers. This is Elena Turley, your host, and welcome to the Unboxable Podcast, a place for mothers who are seeking holistic health and maybe a new way to look at a few things. Please enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Unboxable Podcast. We just started having a cool conversation. I was like, we better start recording. So yeah, <laughs> um, I'm so pleased to have you here. We were just talking about dogs disrupting podcasts, and now mine is wagging her tail under the desk. So yeah, this is fairly standard you know yeah. and real and you can real probably life. yeah i like to show my unfolded washing in the background whenever i can you know when i'm yeah. recording videos and that sort of thing so where first question always is who are you where are you and what do you love to do sure so i'm melissa i'm in melbourne australia down near the beach which is lovely and i love that I get to do what I love every day, which is teaching and doing healing work. And I also love just, uh, yeah, going down to the beach with the dog and my son and just capturing those beautiful present moments anywhere in nature. Um, and I also love shopping. I'm just going to be honest. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you, sister. I have to uh, really make sure that I do like secondhand shopping and you know like I've just found a great website called Depop which is secondhand clothing but like designer and ethical clothing oh I might write that down pretty stoked about that I also have a little trick where I will put things in checkouts or pin them on a Pinterest board so that I don't just Mm. spend money especially late at night on things that I don't need Yeah, you still get the little dopamine hit, but you're not actually spending the money or buying something you don't need. Yes. So like, yeah, I hear ya. What do you like to shop late at night? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like to look at clothes and things like that. I, I'm not a huge spender. I've, I think I have grown up and this is a part of I was chatting to you before I had a healing mm. this morning and it all kind of linked in like because I went to a private school but yeah. I didn't like necessarily have a lot of money and so I and all the cool girls had all the surf gear and all the country road and stuff and I was like oh to be cool you've got to like have money mm. and yes. I made this association yeah and so sometimes I catch myself I'm like wait am I getting this for me or am I trying to impress people like so do I really want this like how am I going to feel in it and and probably like you is like natural fibers like thinking about it first for myself how is this going to impact the environment am I going to get used out of it if I was to donate it would it stay high quality yeah things like that so so good yeah yeah we do evolve I I similarly grew up in a really affluent area in Sydney, lots of private school kids around me, lots of people with a lot of money, but we weren't particularly like that. So I relate to that sort of associating money with meaning thing. Yeah. And it's a really interesting area actually. In I have a, a program, like a small group program, and our guest presenter this month is talking about wealth and wealth mastery. And I'm quite excited because I think I really want to get another I'm really interested in looking at money differently and understanding it energetically. Oh, the energetics of wealth. I mm. love it. Like whenever I have a business coach, they're like, why aren't you teaching this? I'm like, because I'm yeah. not meant to be. Like, yeah. But I do nearly every day I work on my relationship with money mm. and uh, and I, I teach a bit of it in my manifesting course. Um, but even just things like I was like, okay, I'm going to go into 
the Louis Vuitton shop, you know, and I'm just going to have a look around and I'm like in there having a panic attack. (laughs) And I went in there and I'm like looking at the prices of things and I can afford it now, but it's almost like my nervous system hasn't caught up with it. And so I saw a handbag that I liked and they're like, it's $10,000. And I'm like, in inside like I'm fine I'm I want to run the hell out of here and then she's like I can take you out the back to show you more bags and I'm like hell inside I'm like hell no I'm not <laughs> get me out of here <laughs> and it was so funny and I went out and I'm like I need to have a watermelon juice and just sit down for five minutes like that was so dysregulating which sounds so funny because you think well, when I have more money, you know, you have more choices, you go buy it. My, my body is just like, you can't do it. You're going to run out of money. You don't have mm. enough. Like mm. all of these harsh conditionings that come up. Today's episode is brought to you by the Soul Mama program and the Lion Life Roadmap. It is a safe space, a virtual space for mothers, and it is specifically created for women to access a nurturing community providing gentle accountability alongside this proprietary program. It helps you build the changemaker lifestyle that you dream of building while still showing up as the best mom possible. And it encourages you to walk step-by-step, small choice by small choice, towards a purposeful, peaceful, and powerful holistic life. Take a look at the program and what some of the beautiful women inside it are gaining at elenaturley.com, A-L-E-N-A. T-U-R-L-E-Y. Nice one. And it's so interesting. I find it Mm. uh, so amazing at how much, because money affects us every single day, like all of our decisions, um, you know, how we feed our children and our family and and how how healthcare and, and, and sometimes we get so ashamed of where we're at that we kind of shut it down and be like, I don't care about money. I'm not doing it for money. But you're constantly thinking about money. And it's like, yeah, it's okay to have money. Like, but it's, it's a journey if you've come from not having money. Definitely. It's huge. Yes. Yes. I feel like it's a book I'm always writing, you know, like it's, yeah. it's an evolving story. And quite often I return to previous chapters and then have to remind myself, that I'm further along in the book. You know, it's like yes. I kind of feel like there's times that I just go back to the old story and every now and again I have to remind myself, you're a 52-year-old woman, you work, you you know, and it's that weird thing about you got to spend money to make money. Like you've got to actually give in order to receive. You have to give away stuff without self-abandoning, I feel. You have to give away Money, be generous with your money. Give to yourself generously. Give to your family generously in order to be able to receive generously as mm. well. It's like you've almost got to do the trust first. You know, like it's it's build it and they will and it will build it and they will come. It's like the belief has to come first. Yes. And yeah. and that's a challenge for me sometimes. Like I'll be like, oh no, I'll just pay it monthly. I won't pay it in full even yeah. though I've got the money in the bank to pay in full, that sort of stuff. I just yeah. pay it monthly just in case, you know, yeah. and the, it's that sort of thing. And it's this yeah. scarcity sort of habits of scarcity. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, yeah, so there's like, you know, a lot of nervous system, yeah. you know, regulation, kind of money blocks, money traumas, financial trauma, you know, like even my mum went mm. through some financial abuse 
I've yes. had money stolen from me. Like all of these things are like unconsciously affecting how we are giving and as you said, receiving, like the receipt, yes. like can we even, like if someone offers to buy you lunch, are you like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> no things. yeah I've like, gotten yes, heaps so better at that actually. Yeah. I've gotten heaps better at that. I never used to be able to handle that at all. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and it's like similar to receiving compliments, you know. Yes. Yes. Um, and that that's with our with our self esteem and and like you said you can see in the book how far you've come and every now and then it's like oh that old chestnut you know yeah up, so, yeah <laughs> I know and I feel like when someone gives you a compliment I have a rule like never interrupt a compliment because we're sort of trained to go oh no no don't be silly like that's a beautiful dress oh I bought it for two dollars you know at an op shop no just say thank you, <laughs> you know? yes it's funny how we sort of downgrade other people's gifts you know energetically like yes. someone will be offering you a beautiful compliment you did that so well oh no it was nothing you know there's yes. that instinct and I've been on both sides you know mm. and I've given a compliment and I was shut down and that didn't feel good and like you said right. I wasn't able to give that gift but I was really lucky because our, our beautiful nanny that we've had for two years to look after my son she is the biggest complimenter cheerleader you'll ever meet in your oh, whole great. life. Like it's almost overboard. And when she started with me, I almost couldn't handle it. She's like, oh, my God, you're amazing. You look great, blah, 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 like going on and on. And I'm like, oh, my God. But over time, it's been so healing for me. And I have been complimenting people more, whereas before I would think something positive, say, with one of my friends or something mm. like they, I said, I thought they looked beautiful that day. I could yeah. never say it before. Now I'm like, I can say it, you know, because yes. like, um, it's just becoming more like, yes, I, I, I can say what I'm thinking. It, it's safe to say that. It's, it's a lovely, like, like you say, gift to give someone. And yeah, that's so true. More of that, you know? I know. I have another rule. It's like, these are all my like internal rules to keep myself kind of on the kindness and sort of positivity. Like it makes me feel good too, right? So my rule internally is if I think something kind about somebody, I have to say it out loud. It's beautiful. And it's funny, I have to remind myself every now and again to do it, but it's amazing. You never know how much a person needs to hear that. Yes. And I think especially for women, mm, unfortunately, yeah. biologically and like with our ancestry, you know, women were in competition, whether yes. we realize it or not. And so those those wounds are still yes. like lurking, even though we're all about supporting each other now and like there yeah. is no competition and and all of that. Unfortunately, there is a survival part of us that can sometimes not want to lift other people up. And it's not intentional, but just yes. like me and you are doing just those little comments, if we can get ourselves to say them, it is going to change everything. Yeah. And, I agree. Well, you look beautiful today, Melissa. Oh, thank you. So do you. <laughs> you don't. You don't look like a day over thirty, actually. Fifty-two last yeah. week. So, thank you. And if I smile, you might <laughs> you might see the yeah. the beautiful marks of my age that I now actually I always say my age because I really relish it. I really love the yeah. fact that I'm fifty-two. Around fifty, I didn't feel totally. I started to feel a bit funny about it. But it's yeah. come back around and I think it's really interesting how maybe now women don't need to feel so invisible or unsexual or all of those things that traditionally we were supposed to do at 50, you know. Yes. There's yes. Hopefully we're a bit more free now. Yes, absolutely. To, so thank you. 
No worries, thank you. <laughs> We're just demonstrating. We're modeling. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love what you just said. It really gives me great compassion because I do, I'm such a born collaborator and I sometimes have to hold myself back from giving because I'm, I'm a big one for giving in, particularly in groups. And that can sometimes bite me on the bum because not everybody thinks like that. And sometimes I have to be more sensitive to everyone's personal limits with that and also have compassion if someone doesn't want to collaborate, you know, mm. because not everybody wants to or is ready to or has healed enough of that natural ancestral competitiveness, you know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm. And, yeah, and, I mean, things like compliments, Ryan used to say it's, I don't know if Ryan and I said it, but we used to say, like, it's like a, a muddy pond that you throw a rock into. Yeah. It's like, you know, it it's it brings up all of the insecurities. Sure does. It brings up like, oh, and, and like you were saying before, like, oh, no, no, no. Like we sometimes we try and play it down, um, but the more that we accept it and the more that we see it in ourselves and we the more that we reparent ourselves or, uh, you know, the, the more that we love ourselves and see our mm -hmm. value and, and be our own cheerleader, the more that it's easier to accept because it's like, of course, yes, thank you. That's right. <laughs> and also it's a skill to be able to, to actually know how to take one. So like I got taught by my one of my first boyfriends said, if I say something nice to you, just say thank you. Aww. And like you already know it. And I was like, that's so interesting. I never knew that that's what you're supposed to do <laughs> you know yeah. it's like i had to learn it and, and practice it as yeah. an art you know it's an art yeah. form and so you were saying that your son is starting school there's an interesting element there when you start in a new community as well that you're also becoming part of a new community which is the parents at the school and the teachers at the school and you know the other families yes i mean the whole well, firstly, trying to get him into the school that we wanted to get him into because it was either that or homeschooling just because mm. of our, we're just so like, we didn't want him to go into mainstream school. We wanted, you know, them to be, because we sent him to forest school and bush kindy, wanted to be right. more nature-based and, and things like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, so we hustled our way into the school and we got in and I'm thinking I'm going to be the best school mum. I'm going to be involved in everything, blah, blah, blah. But then. When it actually came to, oh, he got in and I'll oh, come and do the info thing and I'll yeah. oh, come and have a night with us or, well, you're welcome to come for a lunch on a Sunday. My body is just was freaking out because it was really? like, yeah, because my experience at school was not great. And so right. it's been triggering the hell out of me because I just had a terrible time at primary school, whether I, I, I was either getting in trouble or I was a loner for most of the six years and I was getting bullied as well. And so I have not a great relationship, relationship with authority, yeah. teachers, yep. parents. I think it kind of feels like you're at school again with other people that you haven't chosen. <laughs> I'm laughing because I 100% relate. And doesn't it take you by surprise? Because you don't yes. think that's going to necessarily come up because you're there as a parent, but it does. Yes. And even I noticed on the first day, like I was in an absolute mess having yeah. like, I was like t terrible just because my first day, my mum dropped me off and be like, you know, where you're going? And I'm like, yeah. And then I got lost and I'm like imagining like all the worst case scenarios. So I'm getting all these flashbacks while he, my little child yeah 
is going to school and I just yeah. panicked and I'm calling Ryan and I'm like, how did he go drop off? And obviously they do it all different now. They're much more mindful. You take yeah. them to the class and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's been so triggering, so interesting mm. and such a huge life change for us because he's yes. normally in the house or around the house. And um, yeah, it's been, I, I've actually, that's why I had a healing session this morning. And I was saying when we jumped on, I had a embodied processing slash root cause therapy session with a practitioner because I'm like, actually, I need some support here. I'm not doing well and I don't want to project. I want to be, I'm conscious. I don't want to be overprotective and project all of my trauma that he's going to have that experience. And I don't want him to feel my dysregulation um, and to cloud his experience or make him anxious when he has actually been very excited and he's been fine. So right there, you're breaking a cycle of intergenerational trauma. That's what that's called, right? In big words. And that's amazing. And it takes actually a lot of courage to even see it, let alone take the action of healing it, you know, and it's beautiful that you have access to that modality and you can just go, right, I need that now. I think what's fascinating about what you're saying is is that they relate to so much of it. And I, I, I think there's often this absolute kind of, I don't know, blinkers around this kind of stuff. I remember on my youngest's first day at school, we came in and everyone we encountered, mostly teachers at the school or other parents, look at him and say are you happy are you good and every single one said the same thing are you happy are you good are you happy are you good by the end of it i was incensed i was like no he's bloody nervous because he's a slightly deeply feeling child and it's his first day of school why are you imposing this like you must look happy you must look good thing Mm. you know like where's the space for him to actually just have a feeling that's perfectly natural to this experience like you could see visibly that he was feeling a bit timid and overwhelmed and it's really interesting that often you know mainstream culture will respond to that with an expectation of positivity and sometimes that can be though it's coming from a place of absolute love it can be really challenging for someone who's having any feeling other than happiness yes you know and it's really fascinating that you are able to take that knowledge that you have because you've done work, because you work in this field of healing and you can see immediately that you're not feeling happy, you're feeling some other stuff and then know what to do about it. That's right. And, well, yeah, we're so lucky. But also, and and exactly what you're saying is exactly what I had to work on because yesterday morning he said something to me he kind of mumbled something no in the afternoon I think it was and I was like what and he found it hard to tell me and eventually he told me oh it just felt like a a really long day and I immediately went into like oh my god he's feeling like it's not going well blah 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 even though Ryan (laughs) said he's gonna have a bad day like I've been so protective because I'm just like so worried that he's going to have an emotional experience and not have someone there to help him through it or they're not going to let him feel it or they'll say don't cry or whatever, that I went into like stress and I was like, oh, and I couldn't actually be there for him or accept that he was feeling like that and I just started to panic rather than like it's okay you can have any feelings so I was doing the thing that I was worried about and so when I had that healing today it was literally like 
holding space of the part of me that was anxious because of yeah. what I went through. And as I got to witness that and just be with it without trying to change it or fix it, yeah. it was like light bulbs went off like, oh, my God, I, I haven't been a reg and it's and it's fine. I haven't been a regulated space for him. I haven't been a safe space for him. Like that's yeah. why he couldn't actually tell me because he knew I'd freak out because he knows that I've been panicking. Like I've been quite open and verbal about it in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm like, oh my God, I'm panicking. But like, it's like, you're honest. I'm freaking out. Like I'm, I'm mummy's a bit worried, like it, blah, blah, blah. And so he's trying to calm me down and I'm like, poor little thing. And and yes, I'm so excited now to, to hold space for that little me so that yeah. now- when he says he's feeling a little bit off, I can be like, oh, that's normal, sweetie, and that's okay, and I can accept it without trying to fix it or get panicky and make it worse, make yeah. him feel like he can't, like, talk to me about it. So, yeah, yeah it was an incredible moment and 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 session and perfect because the reality is in life we're not going to have perfect days and perfect moments. Of course not. And, and we can't, like, just wrap our kids in a cotton ball because then they're not going to have any resilience. We've got to be there when they want to talk about it and they want to express it. Yeah. Helping them that it's okay to feel that and actually help them move through that. And that's how they're going to become resourceful adults. Yeah. There's a beautiful um, modality called aware parenting. Do you know about that? It's just so, so similar in that it's based on a whole lot of compassion, you know, and actually one of the podcasts that interviews one of the key practitioners of aware parenting is number one in Australia at the moment. And that gives me wow. so much heart. Yeah. There's that many people and that are interested in applying this more compassionate approach to life in general. It's amazing. And compassion's been coming up a lot for me. In fact, I've started writing a book about it because I'm so I think it's so key. The self-compassion, first of all. Yes. And then, and then, the, and that's the first, the first chapter that I've just started was I told a story about self-compassion and, and I feel like it's something that we often just assume is happening, but it so often isn't. Mm. And like anything, we have to learn it and we have to master it in order to be able to be connective and compassionate with each other, you know? Yes, definitely. Um, it starts with us, but if we're in panic or dysregulation, or as you were talking about being triggered by various things in the past, having certain things come up in the body, having a stress response, quite natural stress response mm. to unhealed traumas or unresolved experiences in the body, then of course we can't be self-compassionate. You know, we have to go into the root causes as you have today and, and look at what we're carrying mm. and heal it as we go. Yeah. Exactly. But even that takes a lot of self-compassion, like even that ability to go, okay, I need some help with this, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I teach a little bit of IFS in the self-healing protocols course. And What's that, IFS? IFS is internal family systems. Mm. And it's just looking at there's all different parts inside of us. Yeah. And um, actually we can we can kind of bring it back to when we're talking about money Mm. Um, I was doing some this morning in a class where, you know, there's like one part of us that really wants to reach a certain goal financially yeah. or purchase a house or have a certain amount of money or make a certain amount of money. And so we're like, yes, I want this. I'm going to go for it. But there might yeah. be 11 other parts of us that are right. like, this is not safe. This is not uncomfortable. Right. This is what might happen. Yeah. And there's all these opposing parts. So we go to 
do something that would be in alignment with getting reaching that goal and all of a sudden we've got five voices coming wow. in yeah and being like no no it's like and talks you out of it That's I mean. so interesting have you read a book called the big leap by gay yes. hendrix yeah yes. there's I some really that. cool stuff in that book about similar sort of thing that we have yes. this ceiling and that when we reach our ceiling in terms of what we really believe we're capable or or of receiving or what we're capable of experiencing then we take ourselves out we kind of self-sabotage yeah to keep ourselves safe to keep us yeah and exactly. i really relate we've recently bought a home and it's been a really big deal and i was astounded to move in and then kind of fall apart emotionally yeah I also got a black belt about a year and a half ago and similar thing. I was, I spent a lot of my life dreaming of getting this black belt and then I got it the year I turned 50 and it was a really big deal and then afterwards fell apart. And I just think that's really interesting that sometimes we can do something and then the rest of us has to catch up. Yes, absolutely. And that's a part of, you know, Tommy going to school now all of a sudden we have all this free time and I'm just falling apart like yes I'm just like so you you go for this goal and we got more of the dopamine going for a goal than actually achieving the goal so absolutely having that goal in mind it's driving us we're excited we're like holding on to the vision we get it we think we're going to feel a different way but our essence is the same anyway and so yeah yeah, either we have a breakdown some people sabotage it all together and say we're can't hold on to what they've manifested and it's just and it's just like or you've created so much stress to get it then your nervous system needs to recuperate like oh I've achieved it I can rest now um yeah it's just so interesting but as humans like we will continue to have goals and I think we need to own that as well like it's okay Mm. to have goals Mm. it's okay to want things you know especially it's okay to want big money it's okay to hire yeah yeah exactly like we're told to be quiet stay small mm. you know don't don't mm. ruffle any feathers especially in australia that tall poppy yeah. syndrome yeah it's huge yeah so a lot of us will stay small and not achieve what we want to achieve or mm. fulfill what we could fulfill in terms of like how we could impact the world because we don't want to make Arnie sue uncomfortable or yes. we don't, don't want our friends to disown what us what people think yeah. And, yeah. and and a lot of, and sometimes, well, a lot of time it's just assumptions yeah. and, and we just like, we're just taught you've got to be nice and don't make people uncomfortable. But then in the end, you're the one who's going to suffer mm. if you can, if you still like hold on to that. And, and what I've witnessed is yes, sometimes people like leave your life and aren't aligned with it or they get too triggered from it and that's okay because you have freedom to do that with people as well um and and more aligned people come in you know yeah i've certainly experienced that as well yeah i i love what you were saying about it's okay to have another goal you know and certainly relate to you get a goal and everything falls apart i read something recently and, and your nervous system needing regulation, following the striving, you know, that striving yeah. hustle energy is really taxing on your energy system. So I recently read some post somewhere that was like, how you feel now is how you will feel then. So it's like you have this idea that when I get my black belt, I'm going to feel like blah, 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 blah. Yeah. No, you're going to feel exactly the same. 
And that with a black really belt though. doesn't, but with <laughs> but a black the same, belt internally, yeah. the same person. That's right. But I've got a black belt. Still feel like whatever I feel, and it's so true. And yeah. I think it's really important in terms of understanding that if you are going for some big goal, it's not like anything outside of you will change the way that you feel. Really, fundamentally, long term. Yeah. Now, anything that changes the way you feel is the work that you do inside. Mm, you know the inner work and yes we get help from the outside and yes we might interface with things externally in order to facilitate those internal changes or that kind of self-mastery in order to go do the big thing you want to do in the world or in order to go achieve the next goal you know you might need to do that but it's almost like a system of locks being unlocked you know there's only one way through that and that's you hanging out with you you know yep that's the most important relationship yeah and it's so easy in the world that we're in to get very shiny object syndrome and very caught up in all the distractions and all the external and the the louis vuittons and the you know but like you say you walk into the store you can't buy the handbag because it's too confronting you know yeah like my my old identity is like hell no you can't that. (laughs) and my bank account's like you can afford that and i'm like no no, um but it's so yeah It's like, yeah, it's, it's absolutely so perfect that you bring that up because it is really like, how do I explain it? It's like, for example, sometimes we create goals because we think that, or we feel that if we achieve the goal, it'll stop us from feeling the deficits that we're feeling like it's an egoic goal. So for example, Mm. some people go and be really wealthy and successful, but what they're doing is they're just trying to avoid feeling like poor and they try to or like they're not successful yeah Yeah. or being or not good enough and so but once they get to the level of that they thought that would be like okay now I feel successful well that feeling of like feeling poor has not gone away they're just feeling poor but they've got all this extra money which is like kind of me (laughs) that's why (laughs) I know about it Oh, oh, interesting. And there's also this aspect of like, are you doing something as a movement toward love or are you doing something as a movement away from fear? So it's like which direction, you know, and I often wearing a T-shirt that says choose love in big gold letters, right? Because I feel like this is such a fundamental thing that, and it's natural, you've got to give yourself grace. It's natural to move away from things you're afraid of. But if you can understand when you're doing it and know the direction of your aspiration, I suppose, or your mm. energy, then that makes a big difference. <laughs> Definitely. And it's exactly that. It's like, am I doing this to run away from the tiger mm. or am I doing this to chase a pure desire, a butterfly, which is going to be helpful for myself in the world and Mm. I so I guess a good way like a good rule if we're talking Mm. about rules is like if I do this who who will I become because it's a great one yeah because it's not about the end goals it's who you become do you become a kinder person to yourself and others yeah does it positively impact it doesn't matter if it's your one child or 10 dogs or your your immediate family or a whole suburb or whatever it the impact is for your soul to choose yeah but um, yeah does it bring that does it create more love does it yes 
yeah, integration and compassion and kind. For me, mm. a lot of my journey is like I ask myself quite often, how can I be kinder to myself and others? Yeah. And the kinder to myself was really important because I was, and and we kind of touched on this, but always giving to others mm. out of fear, you know, from my childhood attachment stuff. Yeah. It's like I've got to give to others. And then I always forgot about myself. Mm. And so my new rule is, and even though this might be a bit narcissistic, but I've had to be, I've had to be because yeah. it's not so much narcissistic. It's like it's okay for me to look after myself. Like if I was my own yeah. daughter, I would give her organic food and I would buy her mm. like quality things and I and I would speak to her in this way and I would tell her to have that hard conversation, you know, to keep this friendship going because that yeah. person means a lot to me. And when someone's upset with me, I you know, I get to in a place where I can be compassionate and not fight back. And, mm. and and this is a journey for me. And so a part of my reason uh, after I shifted all, like I don't want to be poor, part of my reason to become wealthy or allow myself to receive is mm. because I know that I can be kinder to myself and my family and in mm. turn my cut will be full and can overflow to mm. you know we just donated ten thousand dollars to yeah. a charity for children um, we I, I donate all the time I help my family like things like yeah. that We're, you don't have to do those things by the way like but that's oh, your choice it's just yeah and I've come to a place where you know before when I was in scarcity I'd be like oh my god I have to pay that bill or I have to pay that staff member whereas yeah. now I'm like thank you so much I love you here I've yeah. paid you like but there's Take so my much money. love paying them yeah yeah so much gratitude like I genuinely love paying them like yeah. I actually love it and I can't put enough love hearts in the email like I mm. love them I love what they do for us that, that's miles away from like when I started my business and I would like be fighting with people and like be angry at every invoice I had to pay you know so yep. that journey's been huge uh, for me yeah yeah I hear I feel like money is energy right energy is money money is energy and the way that we handle it the way that we feel when we handle it like with food the way that we feel when we eat has mm. a massive impact on what that food does in your body yeah. There was a man, have you heard of Edgar Case? No. Oh, Melissa, you're going to like this story. So Edgar Case is a man who lived early, I think in the early 1900s to mid 1900s, right? And he was a medical intuitive, one of the earliest documented in our kind of knowledge, where he was able to go into a kind of an altered state and give like vital signs and diagnose medical conditions of people that were on the other side of the country. But he also wrote books and in his books, he talks quite passionately about how the emotional state that you're in when you're eating changes the way the nutrients are absorbed by the body. Mm. And I love that because I think for me, the dinner table in the family I grew up in was quite a tense place. Mm. And if I showed feeling on my face, I would be told what's wrong with you or why are you so sensitive or, you know, things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so often my relationship with food was very mixed and then jumped to 20 years later, I had something happen that was very traumatic and I became borderline anorexic that year. Mm. My PTSD response was completely food linked. 
And so I've experienced this a few times in my life where the way that you feel when you eat food makes, like I was eating that year that I became anorexic. Wow. Not a lot, but enough, but I still wasn't able to take in any of the nutrients. Mm. And I think that's fascinating when we talk about bioavailability and nutrition and, you know, so not quite sure how I segue to this, but I just feel like it's a really powerful thing to acknowledge. It's so relevant. Yeah. It's so relevant. Yeah. It's like, well, our nervous system, so depending what state our nervous system in, if we're in fight and flight, it's not in rest and digest. Like we're Mm, literally not going to digest the food. Like, so it is, I mean, polyvagal theory and things, I don't know if they're scientifically proven, but they're accepted as that absolutely, I mean, science catches up later, right? With all this energy. Always. (laughs) So it's definitely, so even for me, like, I mean, today I had what I call an eaty day. I can't stop eating today. Probably oh, yeah. enough water. I don't know. But I'm like, oh, my God, I really feel like I'm having an eaty day and I just I have those myself, days. you know, and then tomorrow I might not feel so hungry and I've just created my lifestyle so I don't have to eat at certain times. Yeah. But one thing I noticed, and, and this is not really related to food, but just even driving, I'm like before I was just driving like when I had to drive or just whatever yeah and now I'm like driving is actually puts you in fight and flight like I was having a chat to Ryan about it as we were driving I'm like yeah it we are in survival state it is dangerous to be on the road and we have to be hyper vigilant and I'm thinking well I should never eat while I'm driving because I'm in a fight flight state and that's why people get road rage whether externally or internally because we get scared because it's literally a life-threatening experience and I think we take that for granted and we just drive around. So I've been much more mindful of even today when I pick my son up from school, I know when I drive a certain way to take him, even though it's quicker, it's actually more stressful. And I'm like, I'm going to be kinder to my nervous system today and just drive the longer way where I'm chill and I love it. And I can see the ocean and like, I'd rather be five minutes late and and, in a regulated kind of. So interesting, Melissa. I think that's right. I think when we underestimate the power of sitting down at mealtimes, actually there's research recently into longevity and that actually one of the keystones of a lot of the communities where there's a a high incidence of people living over 100 is they're sitting down at mealtimes and they're talking and they're maybe having a glass of red wine together. There's something about that, you know, and I think we actually know a lot of this stuff just intuitively and just through our experience. There's nothing much better for me than sitting around the table with a group of cool people and eating beautiful food, partly because you feel nourished on many levels, right? Oh, absolutely. It's so, it feels like your heart. It's that soul food. Mm, I know when I have, yeah, I've, I'm gone away with my girlfriends or yeah have a lunch or something I'm just we're all just like oh my god my heart is so full like not only our yeah, stomach beautiful right and you digest better and you just feel good so I think there's yeah. so much of our life not just when we eat but whether we're driving consciously whether we're having conversations where we're consciously showing up with our heart you know with our heart space those kinds of things I feel like that's actually where the biggest shifts can happen in our lives is those incidental, those kind of incidental moments, like starting school with your child. You know, you had no idea that was going to offer you this massive opportunity to look back at your unhealed stuff around that. Such a key time of your life, primary school, you know. Yes. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I feel like 
when he first started going to school last week, my my coping mechanism is working. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like working the whole like six hours. I was like, no, nope, I've got to like make the most of it. And I'm trying to avoid, I was, yeah. It was like I was a part of me was disassociating to stop myself from feeling how I was feeling. I was trying to distract myself, I guess. Yeah. And um, yeah, a part of me being there for him when he has emotions is me going, okay, I feel anxious and that's okay and and it's normal. And speaking to people like you and other mums has actually been so helpful where um, I'm just like, you know, have you had this experience or, you know, just sharing how I feel and you guys saying it's totally normal. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. um, and, and just being in my body. So today I really consciously I was like, I'm going to do some somatic exercises. I'm going to mm-hmm. sit down and watch some Big Bang Theory. And I, I don't too. I watch TV today as well. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm like, okay, I don't I don't have to do guilty like mm-hmm. work and try and get out of my head all day and disassociate, which is actually a really helpful coping mechanism that I had growing up, being in a stressful environment. And so, yeah, it was really nice to catch that and to work with that today as well. Oh, it's beautiful. Melissa, we've been talking for ages probably. I'm oh, not even... yeah. Oh, we have. So often I have these beautiful, amazing conversations with my incredible guests on this podcast. I must say I'm very fortunate and I'm very grateful for your time today, especially in this pivotal week that you're having. Maybe it was good timing yes. to have a bit of a chat about it. And I always like to say when we have these vibey conversations, this must be at least just part one. And there might be some more parts to this conversation later on. So definitely, um, absolute pleasure to connect with you, Melissa. How can people find you if they want to get in touch with you or say, good on you for getting through this week or whatever it is they might want to share with you. That's lovely. Yeah. So if you want to follow me um, personally, my Instagram handle is life changer trainer. So nice. I don't know if you need to put that in the show notes. At I will. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then if you want to, so we offer certifications in healing trauma and we do have a page with just free courses. If you want to, check the vibe and see if any of our courses resonate. We have like a a course understanding trauma or a free certificate to become trauma informed. And then of course the deeper certifications if you want to become a practitioner, but if you just go to the centerforhealing.com forward slash free dash courses, you can just see if we resonate or what our teachings resonate and and then if you end up joining the community, I'd love to welcome you in, but that's usually where people start. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. It's been my honor. Thanks, Melissa. It's so lovely to connect with you personally. And I love the work that you're doing in the world. I am studying with you at the moment and it's really, really amazing. So definitely go check Melissa out, people. And thanks again, Melissa. I will see you soon. See This podcast is produced independently and made just for you. So if you have enjoyed it, please do leave me a review and you can put in the review a request for a topic or even a nomination for a particular guest if you would like me to interview someone in particular. Thank you so much for your support. If you really love it, uh, you can also share it and subscribe to it and follow it. See you soon.